Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the five-day vendor master file cleanup. Do you trust the data in your vendor master file? Well, if you have less than 5,000 active vendor records and need to prepare for a vendor self-registration portal or for 1099 and 1042 IRS annual forms distribution, you are in luck. We have vendor validations, including watch list screening, duplicate vendor review, vendor inactivation recommendations, and more. Go to DebraRRichardson.com, that's D-E-B-R-A-R-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N.com slash consulting, or email me at Debra, D-E-B-R-A, at Debra rrichardson.com for a quote today. So today's episode is on one-time vendors. So not only am I going to talk about three scenarios where I think a one-time vendor would be applicable, but I'll also talk about some considerations with your accounting system or ERP and then also with your vendor setup process. So keep listening. Welcome to episode 62, three scenarios for one-time vendors. So for a payment to be made from accounting system or ERP, we all know that vendor records must be set up in those systems. There are some scenarios where a purchasing card or a P card or some version of a business card can be used to pay vendors that only need to be paid once. And I actually talk about the use of P cards to pay vendors as a way to avoid fraud in episode 12. I had Lynn Larson on and uh, it's on episode 12. So make sure you take a listen to that podcast. But it's really rare that companies can completely eliminate the need to set up one-time vendors. For some accounts payable teams, it could be a rare occurrence. And then for others, it could be a daily occurrence via an automated feed that has a very high volume. So let's talk about the scenarios first, and then we'll talk about some considerations. So the first scenario is vendors that will only be used once. So when you hear the term, or really anyone outside of AP, um, here's the term one-time vendor. This scenario is probably what comes to mind for most. These vendors most likely do not need a purchase order, but they also may not be eligible for or may not be able to accept credit card payments. These are the performers at your Christmas party, the one-time trainer, or the mom and pop store that ship that hard to find item needed for the break room. You set that vendor up, you pay them, you inactivate the vendor, and all is good. 
Scenario number two is customer refunds. So if you are an APT member for a telecommunications and energy or utilities company, you know the largest volume of one-time vendor activity is probably due to customer refunds that are paid through accounts payable. Now, these are most likely deposits and they're only paid once. Some companies will utilize third-party providers to process the customer refunds. Others will handle in-house, but they all require a vendor record in your vendor master file. And they require that vendor record in your vendor master file so that the pay cycle processes can run to have the uh, check issued or the ACH uh, pay file generated or whatever file that needs to be generated that you need to send to your third-party provider for processing. Now this is where I talked about earlier where AP can see a high volume um, daily even of these customer refunds and they can come through as an automated, uh, automated feed, which means that they can, you know, come through your vendor master file, have that vendor record created for that customer, and then the payment can be processed, and then that vendor record be inactivated, and the whole thing can be an automated process so that you don't see it. However, you do know if there's any issues because they'll, um, the applicable department will contact you so that you can hurry up and fix that so they can get the customer refunds out as promised. So you may or may not be involved in the process on a normal basis, but you will most likely get pulled in if there are any issues with that automated feed or that automated process. And the third scenario are vendors that refuse to submit an IRS Form W-9 or other critical required documentation. So these are vendors that, again, refuse to submit the required supporting documentation such as IRS Form W-9. And in my blog post, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but in my blog post, Urgent Vendor Setup, Here's How to Protect Your Vendor Master File, I talk about the best practices for vendors that need to be set up without a W-8 or W-9. and a further tactic that you can employ is to treat that vendor as a one-time vendor and inactivate them after payment. So this means that the next time a purchase order needs to be created or an invoice posted, there is a new opportunity to collect the required documentation. And really at this point, the second time around, if a vendor still refuses to submit required documentation, then I would uh, have a chat or contact the procurement team or the sourcing team or the internal employee that has a relationship with the vendor and uh, really talk seriously about whether or not that vendor needs to continue to be used. Because at this point, you need to be concerned that there is a reason they are not submitting the required documentation and follow up with the applicable departments or your leadership. And who knows, the procurement or sourcing team may not even be aware that the vendor is refusing to follow the company processes. 
Okay, we've talked about the three scenarios. Now we're gonna talk about some one-time vendor considerations you need to keep in mind. So the first one is the accounting system or ERP functionality. Now some systems have an automatic inactivation after one payment, while other systems require manual inactivation. So make sure you update your processes accordingly. Also, some systems allow multiple payees to be set up under the same miscellaneous vendor ID or vendor record. In today's cybersecurity climate, however, and with the increase in internal and external fraud, I recommend having one vendor record per vendor paid to provide the necessary audit trail. And I know SAP has a functionality where you can have that one miscellaneous vendor and then you just keep changing the payees. And I think that it can be done or it's done with some customer refunds too. But if you're paying a trade payables vendor, that vendor needs to have their own vendor record. And you may ask why, but that goes right into the second consideration, which is to require the same vendor setup process. So this cannot be done with customers who have already really been validated because they are your customers, but any vendor that needs to be set up in your vendor master file should have the same vendor setup requirements that are applied to all vendor requests. And this means a vendor record per vendor. Now, what this does is it helps discourage the use of the one-time vendor process as a workaround to your vendor document requirements and validation. Now, we've all been there. Your vendors, your internal team members want to use the easiest process to get their invoice paid. And if you don't require the same documentation that you require for a regular vendor setup, then guess what? Everyone's going to ask for a one-time vendor and then you're going to have to deal with the second time, the third time, the fourth time that vendor needs to be paid with no documentation. So you require the same vendor setup process, so there is no value to take advantage of the one-time vendor setup process. All right, the third consideration is different account groups, and this is within your accounting system or ERP. So separating vendor records can avoid, for example, co-mingling the customer, the vendor, and the employee records, which allow for more security and then also reduce the potential for selecting a wrong vendor type and error. So this way, a customer record cannot be selected in error for a trades payable vendor. Also, access to the account groups can be limited to those employees that really need access. So does the whole team need access to the employee vendor master file record that is used to pay expense reports? No, not every team member needs to see the employee's bank account. So separate your customer records, separate your vendor records, and separate your employee records to different account groups. Now, if for some reason your system does not allow for different account groups or it's not configured that way and it's something you inherited, um, 
try to uh, mask some of that uh, SPI data, sensitive personal information, such as the tax ID, which can include the social security number, and then also the bank account number. And when I say mask, I just mean uh, mask all but the last four or five digits. It's really all that's necessary to select the right account or to verify the account and then give access to only one or two team members that need to edit and can see the full account so that they can maintain the account as necessary. All right, the fourth and last one-time vendor consideration is fraud deterrence. So once paid and inactivated, that vendor record is not subject to internal or external fraud activity. The vendor record will not be selected unintentionally in error nor intentionally updated to change payment information for a fraudulent payment to be made. So I'd love to hear from you if you have any other one-time vendor scenarios or considerations at your company or that you use at your company. For now, thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 62nd episode of Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.